Good afternoon and welcome to Mediascope, the programme for and about the public relations, event management and journalism industries. I'm Ellen Gunning from the Global Institute for Public Relations and you're very welcome to the programme. Now on this week's show I'm chatting with Aaron Rogan, a journalist from the Sunday Business Post and we're talking all things lobbying. Thanks for taking my call Aaron. Thanks for having me on. Now I'm delighted to get a chance to chat with you because you had a fascinating piece in the feature piece in the Business Post a few weeks ago about lobbying and I think the question you were posing was whether or not in effect honest lobbying can be done. So I should put my cards on the table now straight off and tell you, I actually believe lobbying is a good thing. Um, the companies and individuals should be able to seek to influence their politicians in favour of or against legislation or regulation. Are you a fan of the concept of lobbying and against the way it's carried out or are you against the concept of lobbying itself? Oh, I'm totally in, in favour of uh, lobbying. Uh, I, I think it would be absurd to expect politicians um, and people of uh, people who have sort of power over decision making to understand everything about how a regulation or a law change or anything could affect mm-hmm. uh, companies and the way of doing business and individuals. I think it just needs to be transparent. I, I don't see why lobbying would be diminished by being uh, transparent about knowing who's contacting who and why they're contacting them, contacting them and what their position is. I mean. I would absolutely not favour a world where politicians are expected to make decisions blindly or or based on partial information. I don't think that would serve any purpose. Yes, God help us if we thought they were oracles or they thought they were oracles. No, I, I agree with you entirely. Exactly. I think it's a, I, I think it's a really good thing that they would be kept up to speed on all of these issues that they're expected to contribute on. But when you say transparent, the whole idea of bringing in the lobbying legislation in Ireland was to make it transparent. So that, like before that, you never had to declare whether or not you were lobbying anybody. Did that yeah, not I mean, solve I, the problem? I, I, well, it does solve largely the problem as, as far as it's complied with, but it's also created. I suppose when you, you don't have to register any lobbying at all, it's quite black and white. You know, it's just something that that doesn't have to be transparent. When you have to register a certain level, it creates grey areas, and I don't mean that in something shadowy or shady. I just mean there's areas where there's confusion. So the the lobbying law is quite um, clear in a lot of ways. Uh, It it says, sets out what a designated public official is. So if you have any contact with them on a matter pertaining to a law or regulation or anything like that, or even just updating them, Mm -hmm. uh, you must register that as lobbying. But below that, then, so that sort of that that DPO designated public official level is categories of sort of public servants. So uh, it's sort of a secretary, secretary general, deputy secretary, or assistant secretary, or director of a, of a public body. But anyone below that is not a DPO, and contact with them doesn't have to be registered, even if you are seeking to influence or um, have your perspective on a government, a government decision uh, go to... That department, if you contact someone below the level of DPO and set out in the Lobbying Act, it's not lobbying. Um, Do you think that it should be? Because if they're below that level, the whole idea is that you're actually at a more junior level and therefore not in a position to influence. No, you're not a decision maker, but obviously any report you do would go above you if you're at that level and and go to someone who could be a decision maker. Now, 
the, that's not on the lobbyist or the PR firm or the, the businesses side that that should be an issue because they're not saying here, go and tell your boss that we want X law changed in our favour. They're just saying we want X law changed in our favour or we, we believe that there's this issue with that impending legislation that could be in the department's consideration. And then that person who's below that level might do up a report or a memo Eventually, that has to go to a decision maker, or what's the point of it? It's to inform the department's thinking on a particular thing. But um, presumably, the decision maker will also have been lobbied in terms of no, this is the, the spin that we want to take on it, or this is the way that we believe this is the position you should be taking. And certainly, well, their well, boss would have in the doll. Well, to give the example that I included in that article, it was in relation to TikTok, uh, the, the social media app. They were contacting the Department of Enterprise on two really important pieces of legislation that, that's going to be at EU level, but that Ireland will have a, a big role in enforcing because um, of the amount of technology companies established here. And TikTok themselves considered registering their contacts. There were two policy papers they sent in outlining TikTok's views on the, on the two laws. And they considered themselves registering with the lobbying register. And then when they were looking at it, they decided not to. So there's a grey area there where even they were, they they had a feeling that they were lobbying. They were intending for this to affect or inform a decision. And then there was no requirement for them to register it. So but surely every contact from a company to a department is to, in some way, inform and influence. Yeah, and then it should be transparent. We should know about it. Why, what would, why would it be... Um, us on influencing or informing if, if the general public and citizens were to know about it. Why, why shouldn't it be transparent? So in the case of these two policy papers, though, I'm just being devil's advocate here. No, Surely no, it, you'd have seen that, like, if you looked at the policy papers, they were obviously from TikTok. Do you know? So you, so you knew they had submitted these papers. I get that they didn't know but whether did or I not. Out, how did I find out that they submitted the papers? I put in a general freedom of information request requesting all contact with the department of TikTok. Right. So I, there was no requirement for TikTok to say, here, this is what we think. It was outside of any public consultation or stakeholder consultation. Um, there was no requirement on TikTok to say, we've actually decided, we've actually said to the Irish government that they should do this, or should consider this, I should say. So th- why would it be, why would there would be anything removed from that information sharing or attempting to influence if TikTok were required to put that on the lobbying register. So their two policy papers, do you think that as they moved up the food chain or as they were used to inform policy, that it wasn't clear that the policy papers originated from TikTok? Or is it that no, it just wasn't clear no. to an outsider? That we would never have known that TikTok had a view on this policy. Okay, so your argument is that any contact then between a company and any member of the department should be public? I think that there's not any contact, but certainly there should be a broader scope um, of what's intended as lobbying. And, and it's not just my view. I mean, people who've studied the lobbying law and uh, other bodies, uh, transparency groups, have, have said the same thing, that the designation of a DPO being at a certain level um, just allows people to lobby up to that level, and then it does or has or could influence policy but not be transparent. Like the whole point of the lobbying act is transparency. So what harm is a little more transparency by taking... Oh, no, I get that, but you can't make everybody in the department, uh, you know, a a contact for lobbyists because then it gets a bit ridiculous, really. You're lobbying people who have no hope of influencing anything anywhere. 
well, why would you lobby someone who doesn't know how to influence or something? But if you're lobbying, yeah. surely you're trying to put your position from the company's point of view. So if they don't influence it, you're just informing them. You, you're not necessarily influencing them. You're saying these are things you should be aware of when you're creating a report that will go to somebody who actually has the influence over the minister. Yeah, but, but that's just lobbying by two or three degrees of separation, surely, because you're saying these are the things that should be considered, considered in this law. So um, how do you separate out information and lobbying then, really? Because if a commercial enterprise is seeking to put information in about um, a, 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 chain, a, a decision or regulation or law, that's lobbying. You're not putting the information in for, you know, for your own good health. You're putting it in to try and influence that decision-making. So it's lobbying. That's so, all it is. I, there's simply a, a view that, that lobbying, and this is something the politicians have said as well. Like we've done a number of stories in the Business Post where, and there was the example of Simon Coveney in relation to Catherine Sapone saying, oh, I didn't feel like I was lobbied. Mm-hmm. And not to get into the particulars of that case, but feeling like you were lobbied doesn't mean that you were influenced. It just means that you were approached and engaged with someone who has a particular agenda. Well, we're agenda not going to get into that case because I think the, no, no. the dogs <laughs> of the street said, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> On that one, it was like, if you were asked, you were asked. But that was, like, the, I think what I'm trying to separate out is if you're a TikTok or any company for that matter, and yeah. you want to keep government and government departments up to date with what's happening within your industry. So these are the changes in digital media, right, broadly. And this is the bit that we know about. So we want to bring you up to speed on that bit. And there's not a hope in hell that the minister's going to meet us for a briefing because there there isn't any legislation involved in it. Um, but the minister well, no equally decision, needs to know. There's no legislation involved in it. There's no decision to be made. So That's what I was going to ask you. So is legislation the hook that makes the difference, that you're lobbying absolutely. on legislation or regulation? Uh, I mean, it's kind of saying, oh, we hope to employ 400 people, you know, we hope to employ 400 people in the next few years, or, and that sort of information sharing. I, I, I mean, I don't see why that would be categorised as lobbying, but saying there's two pieces of European legislation coming to affect our business and affect our business model and affect our standing in Ireland, here's where our views on them. I'm not sure if you're moving around a bit. The sound is just a little bit wobbly there, Aaron. So if you're standing on one leg with an arm out the window, just stay (laughs) as you are, okay? Because the sound is good at the moment. Um, The other thing I, I, I suppose I wanted to check with you was you're also looking at TikTok in the article um, because it was a fascinating article. For anybody who hasn't read it, go find it. It really is very good. But the article looked at TikTok and the fact that they were lobbying officials who were under this DPO um, ceiling. So didn't need to be um, included in a, a lobbying declaration. But you also mentioned that they were using Q4PR consultancy to do a lot of the interfacing with politicians, both on the government side and on the opposition side. And I found myself wondering, like I thought it was a very smart move, that instead of them doing it, they would get people who are familiar with the way government operates to actually go in and select the people who have most influence and bring them up to speed. But Q4 have to declare their lobbying as lobbying. So is that not almost a clearer way of identifying when somebody's lobbying? Um, that it's not the company themselves briefing you've brought in a consult a lobbying specialist consultancy. Well, that was another aspect of the article was that in this case, in Q4 had gotten in touch with uh, a senator and TD, a Fianna Fáil senator and a Fine Gael TD, and also some people on the Oireachtas Media Committee, and said, "Oh, 
in one instance, Malcolm Byrne, uh, Fianna Fáil senator, who's very engaged in technology and, and, and meets with them regularly, um, and which shows the importance of lobbying because he's one of the more, um, without putting others down, he's the, one of the more up to speed on changes in, in digital. Yeah, so it's, on, it's a plus side. Yeah, he obviously pays Absolutely. attention and he it is he a benefit and, to him. Yeah. And engages directly with them, um, which I think is, is equally important as paying attention to sort of media briefings or external things to engage directly. Mm-hmm. So Q4 emailed him after he had, he had raised issue with the Data Protection Commissioner's capacity to regulate TikTok on top of all of its other workload and said, oh, you might be interested in meeting with TikTok. And he subsequently met with them and they spoke to the Fianna Fáil Data and Technology Group, which is an internal party group. Um, and he's engaged with them since then on matters as they come up. That wasn't registered as lobbying because it's not required to be. But it doesn't sound like it was lobbying. Just bear with me one second while I take a quick commercial break and I'll be back to you right after this. You're listening to The Mediascope Show with Ellen Gunning on 103.2 Dublin City FM. Welcome back. I'm chatting with Aaron Rogers, a journalist with The Business Post, and we're chatting all things lobbying and whether or not a PR consultancy, if I'm not putting words in your mouth now, Aaron, PR consultancy picked up on a comment that... Uh, Fianna Fáil Senator had made about whether or not the Data Protection Commissioner had an ability to monitor what TikTok were doing and came in and said, why don't you meet our client and talk to them directly about the issue? I wouldn't regard that as lobbying. I'd regard that as answering their query. You think it was lobbying? No, I don't think it was lobbying because it wasn't registered and that'd be accusing them of breaching the lobbying. Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean it in that way. But I mean, you think that it could have been lobbying? Well, I don't see why they would seek to engage with... Um, a senator other than to share information that would influence his position on matters. I don't have any problem with that. I just think it should be transparent. I think it should be on lobbying register. I think we should broaden the scope of that so we can know who's talking to whom about what. No, but you see, earlier, I'm being devil's advocate now, but earlier you were saying that the divider is legislation or regulation, that if they were, if somebody was talking to anyone on the the legislative side and it was about legislation or regulation then that should be lobbying but this wasn't about legislation this was about about whether or not no it was about whether they had the ability Um, so it was questioning the capacity but wasn't that how it arose that Malcolm Byrne had said he was questioning the capacity of the data protection commission and then they got in touch and said you should speak to TikTok about this Yes, how I, I'm just so trying to separate out the information piece because that seems like really good PR to me to say we'll get you in with our really guys good. and they'll explain. But that is really good PR. But it's really good. Really good PR includes lobbying. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying that it should be transparent. No, I, I'm Why saying that it's not lobbying. That it's information. <laughs> but, but 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 they're just sharing the information for the good of their own health. No, they're sharing their information because their job is to communicate on behalf of their client. Their their client's position has been misunderstood if somebody feels that... No, 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 no. No? There was no misunderstanding of their client's position whatsoever. He was raising a general point about the the budget and resourcing of the Data Protection Commissioner, an area he's been quite active on. And in relation to when TikTok established their um, data centre here, Mm. uh, that means that they would be regulated by the Irish regulator as well, which also has to deal with Facebook, Google, Microsoft, etc. And he was saying, is this regulated properly resourced? And then TikTok got, in, or Q4 got in contact with us on behalf of TikTok to share information on Q4's, or on TikTok's views on that matter. 
I, I would definitely regard that as information. I wouldn't regard that as lobbying because I wouldn't see what TikTok has to gain. Lobbying should be for a gain. Actually, the definition of lobbying is that um, you lobby in order to highlight an issue that is of interest to the public that somebody might actually miss. So it's not specifically arguing in favour of your own company, although it would benefit your company. It's arguing in favour of something that society generally would benefit from, which would also benefit your company. So it's, if you, well, if I mean, you separate out lobbying you know. from information, it's it seems that everything falls under lobbying in your broad definition. That's really no. what I'm, I'm taking issue with. It's just transparency. So why would you share information if it was not to influence? Oh, gosh. I mean, the whole purpose of being in business and interlinking with um, government is to ensure that they understand what you do, that you're a good business, that you behave well, that you're ethical, that you pay your taxes. There's a massive communications that's done that has nothing to do with trying to influence you in any way. As it pertains to regulation and legislation. Why would you share information other than to influence that? Ah, but you see, we're back to the Data Protection Commissioner and that wasn't about legislation. See what it's I mean? <laughs> but it's about budget decisions. Budget is lobbying on the budget. But it wasn't it was lobbying. It, it was actually saying, good point, let us explain where we're coming from and how we fit in to what our role is in relation to the Data Protection Commissioner. But I would have thought that was just we, we good communications. Yeah, but that's good communications. But we don't need to know every meeting that's held between a corporate and a government body, surely. Of course we do. Why, why shouldn't we? Other countries have registers of meetings and the minutes of meetings with all of the government officials. Why shouldn't we know that? But he isn't a government official. He's a Fianna Fáil senator. He's, he's a member of the Oireachtas. Hmm. But he's not, he's not a government official. He's not, no, like he's he, not a, he's not a member of government, if you know what I mean. He's a designated public official under the lobby act. But then tell me something. How do you do? See, I think we introduced this lobbying act. Um, I don't know how long ago was it now. Was it 10 or 15 years ago now since we introduced it? But when it was introduced, OK, when it was introduced, it, it kind of put a structure on what Irish people did anyway, which is talk to their politicians. And I suppose we didn't have it before then, because actually our system, if you look at the American system, it's it's much more difficult to get access to your own elected representative, whereas in Ireland, it's very easy. It's We're a much smaller country and everybody kind of knows everybody. So how do you then... If, if you make the rules so strict, I think this is really where I'm coming from. If you make it so difficult that every single meeting where I walk into an office and I meet with you must be regarded as lobbying, then that's surely... That's not what if, I said at all. Sorry, that's not what I, I said at all. You're, you're misconstruing what I'm saying. Okay. As it relates to legislation and regulation, why not classify it all as lobbying? Okay, well then what about when I meet you at the races or we play a game of golf together and we have a, a chat... Is that lobbying when we actually discuss the budget that's coming up or the legislation that's going to be affected? I mean, how do you, where do you draw the line? See, I think well, the, the, the structure may not be perfect. Instance, mm. I'm, I'm the chief executive of Aaron Rogan Enterprises and you're the, the minister for enterprise. Yeah. And I meet you at golf um, and I say, here, when this budget comes up, you better not raise tax on the likelihood of affecting Iron Road and Enterprises because I'll withdraw 200 jobs. Is that lobbying? But it is, does, is that qualifying as on the register? Really what I'm saying is if that happens, how do we know it happens? We don't, but we should. Yeah, now, I, 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 think, I suppose no, I'm I, asking I, the impossible I, question. It's like, how do you... I, I, I think actually, and I think there's 
a view that all lobbying is bad, which I think is incorrect. Mm. And I think there's a view that companies would rather lobby, lobby in the shadows than uh, transparently, which I also don't think is correct. I think a lot oh, of no, I, I, I'm in favour of transparent lobbying, so absolutely. Most, a a mm. lot of companies do register that sort of contact. They'll say, you know, informal discussion around X at, at such an event. You do see those sort of entries on the lobbying register. Um, but I think that, that there's, there's just no way of knowing, but, you know, there's no way of knowing so does it come down to um, really what you're saying? Because I am in favour of um, transparent lobbying. And as I said at the start, I'm in favour of lobbying. I think it's it's great to yeah. keep politicians up to speed. So how do, is it a case then that the, I suppose it was ever thus, that the companies that are very good and um, ethical will record everything and err on the side of caution and other companies won't? Because I'm not sure you could say that either. I think... If there's a genuine query, I suppose the the question is, when your article said that you spoke with um, a woman called Michaela Riley, who was a policy and research executive with Chambers Ireland, and she said that it was about the enforcement of lobbying, really. Is it about enforcement or is it about trying to make the rules clearer so that it's so that it's more black and white for a company to say either I was lobbying or I wasn't according to these rules, whether I agree with them or not? I fall into this category or that category. Is it about trying to remove that grey area in the middle? Yeah, I think so. I think it would do everyone uh, some good to have that grey area removed in terms of we see more transparency on how decisions are made. Um, and that's always a good thing because I think you can, you know, that leads to, to good understanding of laws and regulations by the citizens and other companies as well. Uh, enforcement has been an issue. It's something that, that the standards and public standards in public office um, have raised before that they would like to be able to enforce, for example, um, designated public officials who become lobbyists after leaving departments or whatever. And they should have a power to enforce. Yeah, yeah, well, they believe they should. So I think there, there's aspects where, and I, I think that law is going to be changed. To Sorry, for the benefit of listeners, this is where um, if you cannot be in a position of influence on the on the inside in a department and then walk out and join a lobbying company where you then lobby the colleagues that you've been working with the week before. Um, it's a, just to be clear about that. And yeah. and you're the, there is no there is no power to enforce around that, even no, though not it's currently. OK, they really so should you, have a power to enforce. It. They will do soon, um, it seems given what the minister has said. But that sort of, you know, those sort of things I think are acceptable for a while while a new law is bedding in. But I think we're long past that with, with the lobbying register and we should look at where there are grey areas or areas where more robust enforcement is needed in that. And I think that was largely what people were saying in the article, that, you know, we want to retain the access that, that people have to their politicians mm. and officials in Ireland. I think that's it's one of the great benefits and probably why we have such a healthy democracy compared to many other countries. We don't have large political donations going in to sort of buy policies, as you see in countries like yes. the US. Yeah. Uh, we also have quite a robust planning system because there was a time when there were issues around that. So now the only time citizens as individuals are required to register any lobbying um, is are the only time they could legally be considered to have lobbied is in relation to planning, which is obviously important because there could have potentially have been wider issues about that in the past. So all those things are good, but the transparency side of it is good as well. And why not increase the level of contact that companies have with 
politicians and seeking to influence policy so we don't have bad laws or unintended consequences from laws, but also make the, those briefings transparent and allow people to know about them and know what was said. And what about the speed at which they're reported, Aaron? Is it good enough that I think it's every three months, is it, or every six yeah. months that companies <laughs> must actually update the register and say this is what's happened in the previous three months? Is that timely enough, do you think? I, I, I don't see any real issue with that because, I mean, three months is, is a short time. Um, can feel like a long time in politics, of course, but you wouldn't want companies to have to dedicate someone to updating that list every Friday evening. You know, who does it meet going around to everyone in the company? Yeah, it's adding to the, the admin uh, burden. You want yeah. to be admin. You want, and also, one of the good things about the lobbying register and lobbying act as it is, is that it does have that um, light touch element as well, where it gives a bit of breathing space for companies to do this, you know, as part of the thing. It's not overly burdensome, I don't think. Um, or I've never heard of any company saying, oh, it's a real pain, I have to update that. Three months, they seem to be happy to do it. The form seems handy enough to fill out. Um, you know, the level of information that you put into it is, is quite light. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's not so. huge, but it kind of, it, it points in the direction. So you know there's it's, it's movement happening in that area. As a, yeah. as a journalistic resource to, to look at the lobbying register and go, oh, Yeah, that's whatever. what I mean. It kind of it points you in the direction of something's yeah, going on there, I, but I'm not sure what. Yeah, I, I think that's that's good enough. I wouldn't expect um, those documents to be published in full in the same way as say when the government or departments have stakeholder consultations um, and they say anyone who's interested, please engage with us, submit policy papers, and we'll publish them all by you know the end of two months, and then everyone can read them. I wouldn't expect that every time there was lobbying. I think that would be overly burdensome and just a waste of resources on both the... the yeah, I the would agree. I don't think we, as the, the sort of the public, would gain anything from it, to be no, fair. No, I think, I think that the system around requesting information, both through press offices and direct contact with companies and the Freedom of Information Act, certainly gives us enough transparency there. I mean, there's a, it's the usual thing, I'm sure you find it in your own field as well, it's, if you don't know what's going on, pick up the phone to someone. Yeah. And, and usually you're and not all that far away from somebody telling you exactly what happened at exactly, that meeting. Yeah. Aaron you know, Rogan, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for today. I really enjoyed that chat. I think we established, did we, that we're both in favour of lobbying. We're both in favour of transparent lobbying. We both believe that politicians need to be kept up to date and that the gap is probably around that grey area so that there's a certainty about when knowing exactly when you're lobbying and when you're not. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that today. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye. Well, now, that's all I have for you for this week. If you've information you'd like to share with listeners or you have a good story to tell, then please email me to mediascope at dublincityfm.ie. And don't forget, you can hear podcasts of this and previous Mediascope programmes on www.globalinstituteforpr.com. I'm Ellen Gunning. Sound this week was by Fergal Daly. My thanks to Aaron Rogan from The Business Post and thanks to you for being with me today. I look forward to the pleasure of your company at the same time next week. So until then, goodbye.